You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Matt and I making our Friday picks for all of Sunday's games, including our six-pack of best bets. Little sounder in there. And... We'll review a little Thursday night football. This is uh, the doldrums of the fantasy season right now. I think a lot of people are scrambling for running backs. There might be one you can pick up if he's still available on your waiver wire. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. Let's start with this Thursday night football game, Matt. And we had some hopes that maybe uh, two teams not playing great ball would make for a really good matchup. And this game almost, almost had me wanting to flip the channel to the presidential (laughs) debate. That's how bad it was. Yeah, when Daniel Jones breaks free on the 80-yarder and then just trips over the 19-yard line or whatever, kind of summed the game up oh, a little bit. <laughs> you know? um, By the way, wait, they... hold on. Sorry to interrupt you, Matt. Uh, I've got some yeah. NFL research on that run. Daniel Jones' 80-yard run gave the Giants more rushing yards than any New York Giants running back has had in a full game this season. It's the longest run by a quarterback since Marcus Mariota's 87-yarder in week 13 of 2015, and he reached a speed of 21.2 miles per hour on that run, which is Tyreek Hill territory for his fastest run of the year so far. Uh, Raheem Mostert has the two fastest runs. He's gotten up to 23 miles per hour. So uh, before he fell over, Daniel Jones was scooting at one point. Maybe he should have geared it down to 20 miles an hour. That's all his body (laughs) can handle. Definitely should have. He definitely should (laughs) have. He maxed out. Yeah, it was a race car in the red. Um, yeah, I, I, trust me, I understand the troubles. I started Devontae Freeman in my fantasy league because I'm in such bad shape at running back. He had nine yards. But Goldman did all right. Uh, that was lovely to see. Um, Giants, I don't know. I guess I'm an optimist. You know, I look at these teams. I have very, very low hopes for both, especially considering – all the people, the Eagles were sitting in this game, and then Deshaun Jackson comes back and gets hurt again. I mean, like, oi, oi, oi. Um, but I give the Eagles credit for battling back. I mean, they, they kept trying those two-point conversions and failing. Um, there was a lot of ineptitude and a lot of plays left on the field without question. But if you look at this thing through the lens of this is not only the worst division in the league by a wide margin, but – the Giants, most people think, are the 30th, their 31st best team, and the Eagles aren't much better. I kind of feel like they're both going in the right direction. I mean, again, the bar is really low. The bar is absolutely low. Um, 22-21, by the way, was the final score. The Eagles were able to scrape it out. And at least at the end, because Carson Wentz didn't have a great game. His numbers look okay at the end of the day. 25-43, he had two hundred fifty or 359 passing yards. Um a pick and, and two touchdown passes, but it was that last touchdown pass to Boston Scott where he really fit oh, it in there. Right. I mean, that was a beautiful throw. So uh, it ended on a pretty note, I guess, for Carson Wentz at least, and they did get the W. He's such a tough eval, and I and I will admit I am I am very much a Wentz apologist, but with nobody ever getting open, 
Lane Johnson playing like on one leg. The other th- three of his other linemen are backups and no help, no running game. But still, he makes throws like all the way across the field where you're like, come on, man. You know, I, I don't know what to think of him, but I think he's playing better overall than he did to start the year. I want to talk wide receivers for a second. And okay. Darius Slayton's a player I liked coming into the year, but his fantasy value definitely hurt now as the ball gets spread around in not a powerhouse offense in New York, Sterling Shepard back, Golden Tate back. And so I just, you know, sort of like, I don't want anybody there anymore. In, in this scenario, the, the most heavily targeted player was Evan Ingram, even got a couple of carries for three yards in that game. So they're trying to get the ball into uh, their playmakers' hands, but it's just an offense that you have to avoid for fantasy purposes, unless you are forced to do something as Matt Williamson was to play Devontae cool. Freeman because I'm, I'm in a similar spot in one of my leagues. More on that in a second for who I've picked up and I'm starting this week in my uh, fantasy league at running back. Um, and then at wide receiver for the Eagles, it looks like Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that didn't last very long, right? He comes back and was har- targeted heavily. It was a big part of the offense early on. Then back on a punt return, gets hit late and gets his leg caught underneath him. It looks like a high ankle sprain for Deshaun Jackson, who will now miss more time, probably get some more surgery there. And then Lane Johnson also uh, tried to fight through it. They're waiting for an MRI, but probably a sprained MCL there. It looks like he's been hurt all year. I mean, that guy keeps coming in and out of lineups every every game and is a shell of himself, but spreads the right message to his teammates. Hey, you know, I'm going to give you everything I've got. And I do think the team has showed some pride and some toughness and I keep saying they're still the favorites to win that division, which I agree upon. They got a nice long week now to get Miles Sanders and maybe Goddard and some of these other people back in the lineup. We'll see. I mean, they don't have a real real tough schedule ahead. You did mention the Giants wide receivers. Golden Tate made a big play. And I do think Shepard coming back is a positive. He's a pretty good football player. No, yeah, he is a good football player. Yeah. But it, it's it's almost too many cooks, too many mediocre cooks fantasy, in the kitchen yeah. there for fantasy purposes. But, you know, it might help Daniel Jones in the end because he's got a full complement of those receivers there. I don't know how the targets are going to be spread out every week. In this game, it was uh, heavily toward Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. And by the way, speaking of targets, Travis Fulgham now looking like the re- real deal. It wasn't a huge game for him. Didn't get in the end zone, five catches for 73 yards, but he was targeted 11 times, led all Philly receivers for the third straight week with double digit targets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a nice find. And when you mix him in with Goddard and maybe Rager someday and Sanders, and if they ever get a full complement of weapons, He'll be a strong piece. And you mentioned Slayton. Slayton got a lot of Slay, and Fulgham got a lot of Bradbury, yeah. too. So give the defense some credit, too. Those are two good corners. The first place, Philadelphia Eagles at 2-4-1, and one, just edging out the 2-4 and four Dallas Cowboys for now for the top seed in the NFC East. We'll see how that goes going forward. But we've got to check out every other game on Sunday this week, Matt, and make our six-pack of picks coming up on Peacock and Williamson. What is your daily wall? Is it mental? Is it physical? You need a little pick-me-up in the afternoon? You need a little something to power you through the back nine? Well, Built Go is exactly what you need. Protein with energy. My wall is usually someplace in between my first and my final podcast that I post every single day. And it's easy to break through that wall with Built Go. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash feeling Because it's natural and it's better for your body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. 
BuiltGo combines energy gel with collagen protein. Fast absorbing, gets into your system quickly, and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your energy. Beta alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. I'm up first, Matt, in our six-pack of picks. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns this week over the Bengals. The Bengals are the Browns, excuse me, are favored by three. I feel like that line's a little low. I'm going to pick a couple of favorites this week that are on the road. But I'm starting with the Browns, and another note here with the Cincinnati Bengals is that it is official that Joe Mixon is out. And I had picked up Giovanni Bernard about an hour ago because I saw that Mixon didn't practice. And then once practice was over, they officially named um, Giovanni the starter because Joe Mixon's going to be out this Sunday, which means my fantasy football team, you talked about starting Devontae Freeman. I've got a league with Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, both on IR. So I'm going to be starting undrafted rookie Jamichael Hasty, and I'm going to be starting Giovanni Bernard, the, the young and the old at running back this week in a league. And I think a lot of, People around the league are going through a similar situation. So you might want to pause this podcast really quick. Go pick up Gio Bernard if you're hurting for running backs. I don't know how big he's going to go, but at least he's a startable player this week. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of your starters, to be honest with you, because I looked at this week going, ah, it's going to be a tough week, but I'll play Freeman and Mixon, my first overall pick. And then you get this news, and Gio's already in my league. He's not able to get picked up, and... Uh, Freeman got me 0.8 points last night. So I asked you, I'm like, well, I've got James White and I've got Damian Harris against your Niners. I'm going to have to play one of those guys. I mean, that's kind of the situation in fantasy right now. I'm not alone and I'm sure there's not a lot of people weeping for me. They have it just as bad. But um, because Mixon's out, if I knew he was playing, I think I'd take the Bengals plus three. I'm looking at three and a half. That would make me a lot more comfortable. But without him, I just think you're asking too much of the rookies, Burrow, Higgins. I don't think Gio Bernard's an every-down guy. He's fine, but he's a big drop-off from Mixon. They don't block well. Um, I I think we mentioned this yesterday when we were talking bets that what would the spread of this game been one week ago, you know, before we saw the Browns Mm -hmm. get dismantled? I bet it would have been seven. You know, the public perception of the Browns probably changed too much in that time. So I'll take Cleveland, and I bet Miles Garrett has three sacks. And Chris made a good point on yesterday's podcast, and by the way, this was one of the Action Network selections too, is that they're still playing in Ohio. Uh, There's not a lot of people in the stands. You know, this isn't a true home field advantage either for me to sway it toward the Bengals at all, so I'm sticking with the Browns. Yeah, I bet they drive there. I mean, I know the Steelers drive to Cleveland. I would bet Cleveland drives to Cincy. It's not not that big a deal. So that's uh, Browns minus three over the Bengals. What's your first selection in the six-pack, Matt? I think I'm going to steal one from yesterday, too. I have Seattle laying the points in Arizona. I'm looking at three and a half. If it's four, if it's three, it doesn't matter to me. I think they're the much better team, and it's kind of like what we just talked about with the Browns. I think people are a little too high on Arizona after just killing a hapless uh, Cowboys team. And Seattle coming off a bye, Arizona coming off a short week. I don't love that situation. Certainly a quarterback advantage to Seattle. Um, I think they'll score a lot of points. And I know Arizona's defense has been very good in terms of points allowed. 
I also think that's a little bit of a farce, like we talked about earlier in the week. I don't feel as strong, but I just feel like they didn't put the line big enough. The way the Seahawks are playing right now, yeah, that it's got to be bigger than three and a half points. So that was a game where I first saw it and I thought, oh, the Cardinals might be a good sleeper pick on this one because I thought it was going to be closer to six points. But the Cardinals are playing too good, coming off a big win. That this line is low enough that I think you got to go on Seattle's side here. Yeah, I thought so too. I just thought Seattle was two tiers better. Big test for the Cards. Got to figure out who that team is. We'll say the Cards are playing better defense than Seattle. And per our conversation earlier on in the week, maybe this holds true and we'll see the team with the better defense that can still put up a few points on offense take home the victory. Here's a game. I don't know if I'm stealing this one from you, Matt, but I'm going to take your Steelers. Me too. Yeah, yeah. You did. You stole it from me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I hope you have some other games you want to go to. Uh, I'm going to go Steelers here because they're getting a point over the Titans. I'm not sure the Steelers should be getting points against anybody right now, uh, even the Titans who are playing some good football because I just think the Steelers are too good. I like them on the defensive side of the ball. I know they're missing Devin Bush. I don't think that's enough to sway me right now. This one, I said last week, I'm not going to go head-to-head with uh, the Action Network, but I lied. I'm going to go head-to-head with them here on this pick, and I'm going to take the Steelers and get that extra point here. Uh, you might be able to expound on even more reasons why that might be a better bet because I, I know you bit your tongue a little bit when Chris was talking about this game. He was pretty excited <laughs> to bit. pick the Titans. And I try not to be a homer. I recognize that I am. But I've been breaking this down, this game down all week. And one thing I just flat out disagreed with Chris on was the loss of Taylor Lewan. He didn't say it this way, but isn't a massive deal. It's a massive deal. I mean, this Steeler pass rush, a week ago, all I talked about on my Steeler show was strength versus strength. Browns O-line's really, really good. Can they be the one that slows down the Steelers' D? It wasn't even close. And this offensive line, especially without Lawan, isn't half as good as what the Browns looked like a week ago. I just think that this pass rush, and Tannehill's a great player, but he'll hold the ball here and there. And, you know, they have some longer developing um, play action, deep throws that I just think he's going to get hit a lot with two backup tackles basically playing right now. And even their interior line, is more geared towards paving the way for Henry than it is for protection against Hayward and Tuitt and those guys. So that's my big difference. But also I think that when you look at the four units, actually look at the six units, Tennessee's awful on special teams. The Steelers are great on special teams. That's just a one little side note. But the Titans' D is far and away the worst of the four major units playing in this one. And I don't quite understand why. I think they have good players there. But they're not playing well at all on that side of the ball. Do you think that the Lawan loss is bigger than the Devin Bush loss for Pittsburgh? In this game, yes. Just because of Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, the edge guys they have to deal with. And what Bush did really, really well was like he eliminated Saquon Barkley as a receiver in week one. He got he's really good in man coverage against backs. Well, against Henry, I mean, he's not going to beat you running routes. The, the, I came away with the game last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers thinking, okay, the, the Steelers have the best defensive line in the NFL, and they have yeah. one of the top two defenses in the NFL. So that's where uh, it's hard for me. And, you know, Big Ben, what they've got on offense, they've got plenty of weapons. I just, giving up points? Come on. I, I, I got to go Steelers here. Are they, Do they have the best defensive line in the NFL right now? You know what? I, I urge everyone to look, check out an article that Robert Mays from The Athletic wrote. Yeah, I think he does a really good job. And actually, I had dinner with him at the Combine. Good dude. 
Um, uh, last week at The Athletic, he wrote an article that the Steelers' D-line, and he's including Watt and Dupree, you could call them linebackers, but they're really edge guys, is the best position unit in the NFL. And I agree. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's what Tannehill's going to be dealing with. Yep. And if the Steelers get a lead, I don't know if Tannehill's the one to bring you back. They do. They uh, they are getting Corey Davis back from the COVID list, by the way, though. So Corey yeah, Davis, AJ like Brown, going to play. They do AJ have some Brown. firepower have in, the, some weapons. in the passing game for sure. So this is going to be a prime matchup. I can't wait to watch it. And uh, essentially, it's it's at best a pick 'em. Giving the Steelers a point. Give me Steelers. What do you got next? I've got the T-Bay Bucks. I think it's minus four. I'm double-checking my numbers here. You can lock it in uh, at minus three if you'd like, because that's what they got it at yesterday. Okay. I feel like I'm cheating a little because the Raiders might not have an offensive line since we got together last week, yesterday. That That's why I'm, I'm sitting here scrolling my thing, and I can't find it because it's off the board. But I had this one written down as we were recording yesterday. Uh, I just think they're much, much better than the Raiders. But it looks like the Raiders' initial starting five, it looks like a really good offensive line, all might be on the COVID list this week. I mean, against it, it just mentioned the Steelers, D, the Bucks, D's first or second best in the league. Offensive lines are important. And I don't think the, the Raiders' defense is any good at all. I'm wondering if this is a game that's going to get moved to Tuesday or something now, if that's the it case. It could. Although, do you know what? This morning, nothing negative came out of the Raiders building. So, but this screams a Tuesday game, doesn't it? It does. Let me double check if there's nothing that's that's happened since we've been on the air here. Um, I need like one context. more positive test to bump it. Probably they they already moved it from Sunday night for people. At okay, so yeah, there's a lot of close contact testing going on too. So Trent Brown and John Abram. Yeah, that's Colton uh, Miller. Hudson it's looking like all players tested negative for COVID-19. The game is still on. Okay, that's the last I've seen within the, the past yeah, hour. Too. Okay, cool. so that's somewhat good news there for the Raiders and for that game to happen. So that number will probably go back on the board at a similar level than if that's the case. Even if the, the Raiders were 100% healthy, I just think the Bucs oh, are yeah. a noticeably better, Again, better than four-point different team. Right. This is the this is like the Browns game where I saw the line, and, and when, I, when I saw the game, then I saw the line, I thought, no way. Like, And I get the Raiders are 3-2, and two and they've had a couple of big wins, and the Bucs are just a better team right now. I, I love the way the Bucs are playing, so I'm all in there. I'm with you. And by the way, that was going to be my next pick, so we stole each other's oh, picks, it? so that's perfect. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, that means I'm going to go back to the well, I think, and, and go to... My 49ers. I've got your Steelers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my 49ers. I have only missed one 49ers game this season. That was last week against the spread. The fact that the Patriots are favored by two here means I'm going with the underdog in the 49ers traveling to New England. The more I break this game down, and look, Bill Belichick's the X factor. I think he can slow down a lot of what the 49ers put on film that last week if they try to go to that sort of uh, the running game is the passing game and the passing game is the running game, sort of an offense that worked out so well against the Rams. Bill might have a, a say in that, but the the Patriots are just undermanned and the 49ers are, are flat out a better football team. So uh, I think the 49ers can go in there and pull out a win in Foxborough. That, that would mean Bill has a, a three-game losing streak for the first time in probably, I don't know, we'll hear about it, 25 years or whatever it is. So uh, I'm taking the 49ers and getting a couple points here. Yeah, I have a, a couple slight concerns you know, I mean, this is a uh, cross-country, super-far road trip. Uh, Bill certainly knows Jimmy G as well as anyone, and I think he liked him an awful lot, but he still knows how to attack him, I'm sure. I'm sure Bill will do everything possible to not let Kittle beat you. 
But I I placed a bet on the under in this game and the San Fran money line. I think San Fran's the better team. We said it off the air, and Chris got a big kick out of it. I said the Patriots would kill to have the Jets' weapons right now. I mean, that's how bad it is around Cam. Edelman's an old man. Nobody else can run. They don't have any tight ends. Like, they'd kill for Crowder and Perryman. You know, I mean, it's that bad to me with the Patriots. And both these defenses, we talked when we had that conversation about, you know, who's who's really good on D. These two were last year. They're not in that top tier this year. But I think they're going to both keep the game tight, and they're both going to try to run like crazy. I just don't see a lot of points, and I like the Niners to win. Definitely the under. And if uh, it's the Patriots to win this game, it's because Cam Newton got loose and extended some drives late mm-hmm. in the game, and they're able to to pull that out and put enough points on the board. But definitely I'm with you. The under, uh, I've got the Niners here. I just think they're a better football team. And um, can they corral Newton? Because the 49ers, the Achilles heel of their defense for the entire Robert Sala, Kyle Shanahan era has been mobile quarterbacks. What do you yeah. got? Pick six in our Sunday six-pack, Matt. I think they, I'm trying to remember, I think we picked this one yesterday as well. Lions plus two and a half in Atlanta. And I have a little bit of concerns because I saw it last year and nobody wanted to realize it, that the second half of the year, after they switched around some coaching responsibilities, Atlanta started to play much better. And they were really impressive this past week. I mean, they killed the Vikes. Could they be turning the corner? I lean towards no, and I lean towards Detroit and Atlanta are basically the same team. And if you're going to give me points, I'll take the points. Yeah, see, this one, this was going to be one of my top picks because I liked the Falcons. I loved the way they played. I thought Matt Ryan and Julio were playing loose, and that's going to be trouble for any team. They just played so much better. They looked like a different football team last week. And yeah. then I saw that they were favored, and I was like, man, the Falcons shouldn't be favored over anybody right now. <laughs> right, and so right. that 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 meant that wasn't going to be one of my six-pack picks. I'm going to still go Falcons here because it's only two and a half. I think the Falcons can win by a field goal, but I can't blame you going for the other side either because the line's getting points. Yeah, I mean, we know who the quarterbacks are. The weapons around them are good. A lot of questions about the defenses. I just think they're similar teams. All right, the rest of the Sunday schedule coming up. Matt and I will make our picks and preview those games Right here, Peacock and Williamson. Let's go to the Bills and Jets. Similar to last week when we saw the line for the Dolphins and Jets, it's 11 and a half right now with the Bills favored on the road at the New York Jets. And, I, and I'm almost thinking like that is not enough. And I, they had a lot of guts. I'll give it to Chris and his co-host Stucky. The Jets were one of their selections. And um, this was the Jets getting 13 and a half. And since then, that line has moved to 11 and a half. So the 13 and a half number is still good. But to be honest with you, I think the Bills can win this game by two touchdowns pretty easily. The Jets are losing on average by like 18 and a half points a game. And some of those teams are like Miami and, you know, they're not playing powerhouse after powerhouse. It sounds like Darnold's going to play. I actually said the other day, I think this offense has a chance to not be laughable. And the Bills D's been struggling, but it's still not enough points. You know, like we had, I said the exact same thing last week about Miami. Like, yeah, should Miami be favored by 12 over anyone? Yeah, the Jets. It's still not enough points. <laughs> yeah, the Jets. And that's, right? yeah, we both said, wow, that's too many points, but still taking Miami over the Jets. And, and I yeah. feel this way, and I got to go Bills here because, uh, and especially since that line has moved a little bit, it's only 11 now. 
it, it just seems like a get right, you know, game for the Bills that have struggled, but I still think are a good team. You know, Josh Allen, I think, looks like an MVP candidate again after this one. No one covers digs and they run it up and leave the stadium with a different feeling, you know. So you just mentioned how the Patriots would kill for the New York Jets wide receivers. We're going to get to see the debut of Denzel Mims, the second round nice. draft pick out of Baylor this week. So that's a boost, hopefully, for the Jets offense and Sam Darnold throwing to him. So the Darnold to Mims connection, we get to see that for the first time this year. And that might be worth checking in for a couple minutes in that game. Yeah, I mean, again, Crowder, Perryman, Herndon, Mims, P. Ryan. I mean, I'm reaching, but I'll take those it's guys still not over. great. <laughs> They're better than the Patriots guys. Exactly, yeah. Nikhil Harry just can't separate. I can't believe he was a first-round draft pick. I I never really got the hype with him anyway, and he was just like a pure jump ball guy at Arizona State, and then seeing him in the NFL looks pretty pretty sluggish, pretty much the the same guy there. And and like you mentioned, Edelman's sort of washed. Ossie Ossie might be good next year. Gunnar Olszewski, though. Remember that name. Gunnar Olszewski for the Patriots. All right, let's keep it moving here. We've got the Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Saints favored by seven. If this was week one, I would say the Saints should be favored by 16. You know what I mean? Like, right. I had the Saints as an elite team. I had the Panthers as one of the worst two or three in the league. And things have changed dramatically. But the Saints are coming off a of bye. I have a lot of faith in the franchise. I think Michael Thomas returns. They're at home. I know it's not the normal home situation. But I think they edge them out by more than a touchdown. I think that's a pretty good line, though. Carolina's off. Yeah, it's a good line. And I wanted it to be lower because, I mean, the Saints are only up a half a game on the Panthers right now. Panthers 3-3. and The Saints are 3-2. and Uh, I remember a great statistic that Chris brings up on the podcast on Thursdays a lot about um, home favorites coming off a bye, right? And so, you know, seven points is a lot, but I think you still got to go Saints if it was... I thought the line might be a little bit closer in that in that case. It'd be easy for the Saints, but it's get. I mean, over seven starts to make me think. Ah, maybe I go Panthers here because I love the way they've kept things close and maybe surprised. And and, and the Saints aren't playing at an optimal level right now. Maybe they've got it fixed after the bye, though. Who knows? We were talking about fantasy running backs. Kamara might be my pick to be the number one fantasy running back mm. this weekend. That's a good one. Yeah, and I do have him in a league. So uh, one of my leagues is destroyed. The other league I'm looking so good in right now. (laughs) Coming off a bye, feeling good about that one. Uh, Let's keep it going here. We've got uh, another stinker of a contest in the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Football Club. Two and four Cowboys who are just taking over for first place but have a chance to get back on top of the NFC East in this game at the one and five Washington Football Club. Dallas favored by one. That's the right line. Boy, with the state of the Cowboys' offensive line, which is about as bad as any in the league right now, assuming Zach Martin's not playing and their two top tackles are out and Frederick isn't coming out of retirement, I mean, against that Washington front, I think that is a massive, massive neutralizer in Washington's favor. I think McLaurin is a great football player, and they won't have anybody that can cover him. Of course, their role coverage is way, and it's not the best quarterback situation. But I don't know if you saw the tweet that I sent out, and I'm surprised this isn't talked about more. Like, everyone's killing the Cowboys, rightfully so, as the most disappointing team in the league. Fire all the coaches. Trade for Fitzpatrick. This team's a joke. But does anybody realize how bad the turnover situation is there? Here's the tweet I sent. The the Cowboys have 15 turnovers already this year. The next worst team in the league 
only have 12. I mean, like, so they've turned the ball over three more times than any team in the league, and only four teams in the league have turned the ball over 10 times or more. Again, the Cowboys are at 15. And in terms of turnover differential, Dallas is at minus 12 in turnover differential after not so many games. That's five worse than anyone else in the league. I mean, the 31st team in the league in turnover differential as we sit here in mid to late October is minus seven. Dallas is minus 12. Uh, You can't win with Montana and Rice with like that. Yeah, there, there's got to be some positive regression just by accident yes. with the turnover situation there in Dallas. So I uh, like that stat. That's a great nugget. I'm still taking Washington, though, in this one. Home team getting a point. The Cowboys uh, are awful. And the Cowboys still haven't won versus the spread this season. The Jets and the Cowboys, uh, thanks to Chris for that stat as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Dallas. And the reason, the reason I'm going to take Washington is because they weren't able to even utilize what talent they do have on the offensive side of the ball with those skill position guys. Their defense is terrible. And the Washington football team has a pretty good defensive line, which could go a long way to putting them in bad down and distance situations, in in which case they haven't been able to utilize those weapons without Dak. So I'm going to take Washington with the mild upset win at home here, which would then be tied with Dallas for second in the NFC East. I'm I'm leaning this towards the Cowboys slightly, but I love that advantage Washington's defensive front has. And Dalton doesn't handle pressure well. He's going to get hit a lot. I just think that Dallas is probably not going to lose the turnover battle by a massive margin yet again. I mean, I would hope that that can come back to the mean a little. That, that, those numbers were just mind-boggling. We've got the Packers coming off a big loss against the Buccaneers last week. They're at 4-1. and Facing the one and five Texans in Houston, Green Bay, only favored by three and a half here. I almost went with this game earlier because uh, I, I feel like there's a bounce back Packers team here that could go big and there should be a whole bunch of points in this game and the betters are expecting it over under a 57. Yeah, I already put a buck or two on the over on this one, too, and I know it's 57. I think Watson's playing great. Um, this Packer D has been bad. I mean, Jari Alexander's a really good player, but he can only cover Cooks or Fuller. Uh, I think they'll spread the ball around. A lot of big plays. I think Rodgers bounces back heavy. Um, Roby will be on Adams. I mean, that he has followed exclusively this year, but I still think Green Bay moves the ball. Huge Aaron Jones game. I mentioned Kamara as fantasy running back one. I think Aaron Jones could com- compete with that. I just think it's going to be a really front, back and forth, really good quarterback game. And I see the number four. I'll take the four with Houston losing by three. I'm going to take the Packers winning big, uh, probably 10 points or something like that. But a whole bunch of points on both sides of the ball, just not enough for the Texans. In the end, with uh, the Packers being able to come after the quarterback at the end of that game with a lead. That's the way I view that one going. Let's keep it going quickly here to finish this up, Matt. We've got a couple more games. The Chiefs at Broncos. The question here was how big the line was going to be. Nine and a half points. How do you feel about that Chiefs favored over Denver? I'm going to go with KC, but I am interested to see how Denver plays against Mahomes. I mean, they they don't think they'll blitz them heavy. I think they'll make them hold the ball. They'll allow the Chiefs to run the ball, try to keep it close. And I think Fangio has built a pretty darn good defense there. And Locke is such a wild card. Maybe he can, you know, can make a few big plays, but I think he'll make more bad plays than Mahomes when it's all said and done. I think this is a good line, though, in a divisional game. 
Yeah. I think they'll have a good plan for Mahomes. Yeah, pretty solid line here. And the, the Chiefs haven't been blowing people out this season. So uh, I'm going to take the points here with Denver at home. I like the way Fangio's defense mm-hmm. is playing. Drew Locke, I think, could put some points on the board to at least keep it within, you know, a touchdown and a field goal. There, It's a tough place to play, even if there's no fans or whatever. I mean, just the altitude and whatnot. I think it's going to be about a 10-point game. The one and five Jaguars are at the one and four Chargers. Chargers favored by seven and a half points. You don't often see a one and four team favored by that many points. I think they're a lot better than Jacksonville, though. They're coming off a bye. They're at home. But my golden rule with the Chargers is whoever gets points in the game, take that team because they're going to find a way to make it close and probably lose. Them giving (laughs) seven and a half to anyone really frightens me, but I'm still going to do it because of the reasons I mentioned before. I think Jacksonville's terrible. Yeah, Jacksonville is not great right now, and they had a nice win to start the season, but uh, they've looked like the worst among the worst teams in the NFL, non New York Jets yeah. edition uh, since then. So I, I'm yeah, with you. No yeah, it's like it's just tough. It's, it's it's sort of like the Jets Miami game last week. You know, you just it's hard to to give them too many points at this point. Even though the the, the Chargers are one of four, I like Herbert. I want to see the the rest of the team yeah. show up and and the coaching staff show up and get Herbert a win when he's throwing up 350 yards every week. And you're hearing rumblings of Minshew not even, you know, may, might get benched. And, you know, all of a sudden Robinson isn't putting up any numbers as a runner. Right. And, yeah. He was know, the like, darling of the fantasy football community. And then right. the last couple of weeks, like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, I mean, there's the, those guys, the, the six round pick and the undrafted running back aren't carrying the Jags offense. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. It was a great story for a while, right, for, right. for how long it lasted. Uh, let's go to the Sunday Nighter. We've got the Seahawks at. Cardinals. Oh, no, we already covered that. Oh, we did that yeah. one. Yeah, I picked that one. Already. So that's it. And we'll talk Monday Night Football, Bears and Rams tomorrow. So that's it. And we're out of time. So that's that's good, Matt. We, we did that in a timely good fashion. Stuff. We got through all the games, got our six pack of picks going. And of course, we'll be back Monday breaking it all down right here. Peacock and Williamson.